a little boy was kneeling beside his mommy and grandmother, softly saying his prayers. He said, Dear God, please bless mommy and daddy and all the family. And please give me a good night's sleep. And suddenly he looked up and shouted, And don't forget to give me a bicycle for my birthday. There's no need to shout like that, his mother said. God isn't deaf. No, said the little boy. But Grandma is. <laughs> Today's sermon, we will discuss the subject of prayer. The subject of prayer. This will probably stand to seven sermons or more. This will help us all analyze our prayer life. So today I invite all of us to give careful thought and attention on the reason why you pray. As humans, innately, we have a need to pray to higher, to a higher being. Buddhists, they pray to Buddha. Some Catholics, they pray to the Virgin Mary. Muslims, they pray to Allah. People who do not know the one true God of the Bible will continue to pray to false gods because prayer is both psychological and spiritual. Just as much as the Lord invites us to partake and the sacred sacraments, the Lord's Supper. He says, do this in remembrance of me. The blood and the bread is a foretaste of what we will experience in the next life. And I hope we understand that the Lord's Supper is invitational. Is inviting. Also keep in mind, Jesus did not allow his body to be broken and his blood to be shed for his own sake, but for ours. Likewise, prayer is invitational and it's not for God's sake. But for ours, God does not benefit from our prayers. He already knows what we will pray for, and he commands us to pray. One cannot be a Christian and not pray. You just cannot. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians chapter 18, verse, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18 says, pray at all times in the Spirit. 
Paul said he prayed day and night to visit the Thessalonian church. And even in Matthew chapter 5, verse 44, our Lord Jesus said, pray for those who persecute you. Being a Christian means we must pray. And you cannot be a Christian and not pray. It's a part of us. One pastor said, prayer is for the, to the Christian what breath is to life. Yet no duty of the Christian is so neglected. As Christians, we know that we ought to pray, but we really don't understand the reason why we pray. Or the purpose of prayer. What do you think the purpose of prayer is? What do you think the purpose of prayer is? Some Christians pray to God believing that God will grant every single request of theirs. This type of thinking comes from the prosperity gospel. The health and wealth gospel. There are several reasons why we pray to God. One of the main reasons is to communicate our thoughts and our emotions to God. As we communicate our prayers to God, our prayers can manifest into different forms. Like making a complaint to God. Or... Crying out to him and rejoicing and giving thanksgiving to him. Again, prayer is not for our own. Uh, Prayer is for our own sake. And the main thrust of prayer is to have a relationship with God. Please raise your hand if you are married. Or dating someone. (laughs) If your spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend stopped talking to you for two months, how would you feel? Would you not question your relationship with that person? Would you feel that your spouse, boyfriend, or girlfriend do not want to have a verbal, intimate relationship with you? This principle applies to our relationship with God. How often do you communicate to him? How much time do you spend with God? Are you listening to his voice when you converse with him? If you are not praying to God, do you not think that he's questioning your relationship with him? When you're not praying to God, he may as feel as if you do not want a relationship with him. 
For some of us, it is difficult to express our thoughts and our emotions to God. It is. Uh, For some of us, our prayer life is like baby language. We know when uh, babies cannot intellectually communicate to adults, although they can still express their feelings, their thoughts, their emotions. We know when they're happy, they're sad, or frustrated. So, some of us speak to God in baby language. Some people are more experienced in praying than others. Some people just don't know how to pray. For this reason, Jude, the Lord brother, commands us to pray in the Holy Spirit according to Jude verse 20. In fact, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 26, it says, It is the Holy Spirit who helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In other words, it is okay if you do not have the right words to say to God. Because the Holy Spirit understands what you're trying to express, and the Holy Spirit communicates inexpressible words to God on your behalf. What matters is that you pray. As an encouragement, please do not feel as if you have to have everything spiritually right before you pray. That is to say, in order to pray, everything in our lives have to be in the right order. Our lives have to be spiritually uh, mature before we can approach God in prayer. All of us comes with mixed motives, selfishness, faithlessness, pride, and impurity. But we can still approach God just as we are, as long as we approach God with humility. And he is able and willing to listen to our prayers if it's according to his will. Now, there are no instructions on how to pray. Some people pray standing up with their eyes open. It is good for all of us to pray if we're driving in the car with our eyes open. (laughs) Some people pray laying down on the floor, prostrating themselves to God. Some people pray kneeling. In American society, we have got accustomed to just sitting down and praying with our heads bowed. There is no how to pray, but there are postures of praying or patterns of praying. So, today, what we're going to do is discover 
three postures or patterns of prayer. If you're a note taker, you can write these three postures or patterns down. The first one is simple prayer. Simple prayer. The second is prayer of forsaken. Third is prayer of examine. As a disclaimer, these terms was, are coined by Richard Foster. He's the author and um, the individual who came up with these ideas, although there's nothing new. He's just coined the terms. So what is simple prayer? Simple prayer is approaching God just as you are and God accepting our prayers just as they are. Did you catch that? Amen? It is being transparent to God by expressing your present feelings. Not your past feelings, your present feelings. How you feel at this very moment. That is simple prayer. It is okay to pray to God when you are when you feel disappointed, overwhelmed, discouraged, bitter, anxious, scared, excited, or angry. Like for example, in Bible study, uh, Miss Brown, she communicated to those who were there. She said someone was getting on her nerves, and she said, "Get him, Lord, get him." She told God to get him. And that's what simple prayer is. Expressing how you feel at that very moment. Uh, that reminds, uh, the story about Miss Brown reminds me of Elijah. Elijah did the same thing. When 42 boys came out to jeer or mock Elijah. Elijah turned around and cursed him in the name of the Lord. And two she-bears came out and mull those boys. So y'all better be careful. <laughs> better be careful. Because if someone says the same thing, Elijah said, get him, Lord. Get him. But those are examples of what simple prayer is. Simple prayer focuses on our needs. It focuses on our wants, our concerns. It's focus, simple prayer focuses on us. That's what simple prayer is. As stated before, our prayers manifest in two different forms. There are many great people in the Bible who were angry. Impatient and even protested God. Like for example, in Numbers, you can turn there, please. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 10 through 15, the children of Israel were tired of eating manna for every single day, so they complained to Moses. 
And Moses brought that complaint to God. Moses, this, this complaint caused Moses to be distressed, upset, and frustrated. So he protested to God in prayer concerning the situation. Moses questioned God in prayer in Numbers, in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15, I mean, uh, 11, verse 10 through 15, which says, Moses heard people weeping throughout the, their clans, everyone at the door of the, his tent, and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly. And Moses was displeased. Moses said to the Lord, why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people along. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight that I may not see my wretchedness. Did y'all catch that? At that present moment in Moses' life, he prayed a simple prayer to God, expressing to God his frustration, and even he asked God to kill him. These people don't got it on his nerves. Not only that, in Moses' simple prayer, Moses questioned God's motives. Moses felt that the task God called him to was too much to bear alone. That's why he said, if you will continue to treat me like this, kill me. Have you ever, have you ever been upset at God? Have anyone been frustrated, angered? Well, let me give you another example. Uh, Everybody is familiar with the story of Jonah. Jonah fled from God when he was called to preach to the people of Nineveh. Eventually, God used a large fish to bring Jonah back to the city of Nineveh. After Jonah preached for 42 days, the people of Nineveh, they repented. But the Ninevites' response to the preaching of the gospel disturbed and frustrated and made Jonah upset. So Jonah prayed out of anger. Jonah prayed to the Lord. Turn to Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. Or you can follow along behind me on the slide. 
It says, and he prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said when I was yet in my country? That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish. For I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and relenting from disaster. Therefore, now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, do you do well to be angry? Do you do well? To be angry. The Bible depicts us as adopted sons and daughters of God the Father. Like all children, they approach their parents with mixed feelings. The point is this. We too can approach God with mixed feelings. There is no need to try to hide our feelings from God. Because he already knows our hearts. It's like Adam and Eve when they try to run from God as if he don't see them. One author said, we should feel perfectly free to complain to God or to argue with God, or to yell at God, that's perfectly okay. There is nothing wrong with conversing with God in that manner. As you continue to pray like this, your desire to converse and pray to God will increase. The point is this again. When you pray to God, It is okay to be frustrated, angry, happy, impatient. It is okay to complain to God. It is okay to tell God that you feel abandoned by him. Amen? But let me add a warning for all of us. Here's my warning. It is never okay to be disrespectful or to curse God. That is where I draw the line. There's nowhere in the Bible God responded well to those who cursed him. After Satan struck Job with painful sores all over his body, Job's wife responded to Job by saying, curse God and die. Now, I'm sympathetic to Job's wife. I truly am. Because this is a woman who who children were murdered by raiders. She had seven sons and three daughters. So I understand, and and I am sympathetic to the reason why she said it. Because she wasn't in the right state of mind. But Job... He still rebuked his wife because he too lost their ten children. Because she, even she felt abandoned from God. 
She felt that God allowed this to happen to her. She was watching her husband with painful swords. And that's the reason why she said what she said. This leads us, since she felt abandoned from God, this leads us to our second point. Prayer of forsaken. Prayer of forsaken. Prayer of forsaken is feeling deserted. It is feeling abandoned. It is feeling as if you are in need of God because you were left in a hot, dry, deserted place. All by yourself, left to die. Prayer of forsaken is seeking God's face and acknowledging that God would not answer you when you need him to. God will remain silent, which gives the impression that his presence is not there with you. Prayer forsaken. I remember two occasions I prayed to God. I fasted and I prayed. And one of those occasions, I truly believe that God gave me a succinct answer for guidance. And this was dealing with me moving to Tacoma Falls College. Another occasion I prayed and fasted, and there was no answer. There was no impression, no inclination what God wanted me to do. At that moment, I felt as if I was forsaken. I was abandoned. I didn't feel God's presence. He was silent. Have you ever felt forsaken? Have you ever felt deserted, abandoned, and ditched? All of us felt this way before. I felt this way, and sometimes I still do. Some of us are still feeling this way. Uh, or feel, feeling we were abandoned by our ex-husbands, our husband, ex-wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, sister, brothers, cousins, mother or father, and God. For example, I didn't grow up to, I didn't grow up with a good male role model. No good male role model in my life whatsoever. So that left a void within my heart, and I felt as if that that void was needed to be filled. I felt abandoned by my biological father. And prayer forsaken is, is not only feeling that you were deserted by others in God, but it's also knowing that God allowed a devastating event to happen in your life. It could have been a loss of a loved one, like a child, like a husband, a father, a mother, a sister, a brother. It could have been a loss of a job, a house. It could have been an emotional or physical abuse that has, have a, has occurred in your life. And you asking the question, where 
is God. Where is he in that time of need? We know that we serve a good and gracious God, but sometimes we do have to ask that question, where is God? Why God is allowing this to happen? Why innocent people suffer? Many people in the Bible have asked this question too. And this is why they prayed the prayer of forsaken. I'm sure Joseph questioned God in this manner when he was sold into slavery and betrayed by his brothers. Moses, David, Job, Isaiah, and many more people question and complain to God. Prayer of forsaken is crying out to God in any moment of disparity. Jesus exemplified this before he went to the cross and after he went to the cross. Before he went to the cross, he said, Father, if you're willing to remove this cup from me. When he went to the when he was on the cross, he cried to God saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus did not say those words because he did not know he was going to be beaten. He didn't say those words because he he knew that he was going to be hung on the cross. He said those words because he knew and understood that he had to impart our sins upon him. He dealt with our sins and the sins of the world. And that is why he felt forsaken by God. Not because he was separated from God. God the Father and God the Son is inseparable. No mistaken about it. But at that moment when he knew he was on the cross and and felt the sins of the world, he felt forsaken. And he complained to God. Because he said those words because he is holy and he knew he had to endure the sins of the world. Prayer of forsaken is found in many passages like Psalms chapter uh, 119, verse 145, which says, With my whole heart I cry, answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, save me. Or Psalms Chapter 88, verse 1 through 3. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave. A better example would be Job again. I believe that Job yelled at God. I truly believe that. Because when Job was distressed, under pressure, and felt forsaken by God, Job believed that God was the cause of his troubles and that he was nowhere to be found. Turn to Job chapter 30, verse 20 through 30. 
I'm at 23. It says, this is what Job said. He prayed the prayer of forsaken. Pay attention. He said, I cry out to you for help, but you do not answer me. I stand up and you turn your attention against me. You have become cruel to me. With the might of your hand, you persecute me. You lift me up to the wind and cause me to ride. And you dissolve me in a storm. For I know that you will bring me to death. Do you not think that Job felt forsaken? He's accusing God. He's yelling. When you are feeling this way, tell God. Tell him. I encourage you to let him know. Job did. At the end of Job's trouble, he realized that God was always for his good. Even if you are feeling that you do not understand what God is doing or even know where God is, I still admonish you to believe that he's still for your good in, the, in that moment of disparity. But tell him, tell him that you feel forsaken. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly normal. You're expressing how you feel to God. Last point. Prayer of examine. Prayer of examine turns the prayer from being outward to inward. This prayer focuses on our thoughts, our feelings, and our consciousness. It also helps us to think introspectively. It is an invitation to God to help us examine our hearts and to see the ugliness of our own sins. Like, for example, this particular passage, Psalms chapter 139, verse 23 through 34, verse 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. And see if there be any hurtful way in me. And lead me in the everlasting way. Keep in mind, when you are examining, when we are examining ourselves, we are, are asking God to search our hearts. We are telling him to help us to see ourselves more clearly. And, there's, and again, there's no need to hide how you feel. He already knows your heart. Psalms chapter 90 verse 7 says, Before the secret, you show me all my secret sins before me. Prayer of Islamic causes us to remember our surroundings in, in another way. All of us deal with rudely neighbors. Unsanctified co-workers, challenging children, and etc. 
Instead of complaining about your situation, I encourage you to look at these relationships and pray for them. Do a self-examination. Help Do the prayer of examine and, and to help you see that those people that you're complaining about is hurting. Try to understand how God sees them and not how you see them at that particular moment. You're reflecting on that, that moment and you're saying to yourself, Lord, help me to see them the way you see them. Because right now, I don't see them clearly. They are getting on my nerves. Uh, Prayer of Examine was done by David. We know David's story as well. After David's infidelity with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, he he adversely murdered uh, Uriah. Or Uriah was adversely murdered by David, excuse me. David conducted a prayer of self-examination. We find this prayer in Psalms 51. Turn, turn to Psalms 51. We will see and read uh, verses 1 through 12. After David's infidelity and his acts and the death of Uriah, this is, David did a self-examination. It reads as follows in Psalms 51, verse 1 through 12. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. And cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words, and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth and the inward being. You teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with his soap, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let, my, let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and a renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. That is the prayer of forsaken. I mean, examine, excuse me. After he was in sin, David examined his own life. He questioned his motives. He knew that God, he wanted that he wanted God to renew within him a new spirit. 
and not to allow God to take his spirit away from him. And it's perfectly fine. And I encourage all of us to pray in this manner. Turn to one, uh, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. And we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 4. Psalms 139, 1 through 4. This is Psalm by David. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my laying down and acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Here's my point. Let us pray in these manner. Let us pray the prayer of forsaken or the prayer of examine or the simple prayer of how you feel at that, at that present moment. However you feel, tell God. Express to him how you feel. Again, it's not for God's benefit. It's for yours and mine. So how do I want us to respond? Let us put in practice what we just learned by responding corporately. Okay? I invite you, I invite, uh, you to pray these three postures of prayer. You can come up here on this, uh, kneel by the stairs if that's uh, if you feel comfortable doing that, you can stay where you are in your seat. But I encourage every single one of us to pray these three prayers. Express to God how you feel. That's the simple prayer. If you feel forsaken or abandoned by someone or even by God, express that to God as well. And I know we all can do the prayer of examine, do a self-examination of our own lives and the lives of other people. So pray in that manner as well. So I'm going to afford you guys at least two minutes or less to do it. And after that, we're going to come to a close.
Father, I thank you that we can approach you in any manner to express to you how we feel at this present moment. I thank you that we can call you Father because like any father, we can express our anxieties, our discomfort. We can express our happiness to you, our love, our thanksgiving. And you know how we feel. And you command us to pray, to converse to you and with you. And I know that if some of us feel forsaken by you or abandoned, I pray that you would comfort their hearts, comfort their souls and their minds. Even if they do not understand what you're doing or where you are, But I do pray that you encourage them to pray in that manner. To pray the prayer of forsaken, Lord. Our Lord Jesus prayed that prayer. Job prayed that prayer. Many other, other Bible characters prayed the prayer of forsaken. And it shows us it's perfectly fine. And Lord, I pray that you will also help us to do a self-examination of our own hearts. Help us to bring our prayers from being outward back to being inward. To look upon of our, ourselves instead of others and what's going around us. Lord, give us this self-knowledge of ourselves. Give us this willingness to be humble before you when we examine ourselves. And I pray when you bring to light the things that we do not want to see of ourselves, I pray that you will help us to get rid of those, the the ugliness or the secret sins of our own lives. I thank you that we can come before your throne in this manner. Most importantly, I pray that your son, Jesus Christ, will be glorified and magnified and we will always keep him, honor him as holy in our hearts. I pray this in his name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now,